At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the weekend. It is Holden with Veasan, and it is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Huge night for Avs fans. Game six in St. Louis. Avs trying to get to the conference finals for the first time in twenty years. I have my best bets. I'm going to break it down. We got a special at Bet Rivers plus Joe Madden from the Joe Madden Podcast. She was on with me last week, giving us winners. She gave me a winner last night with the Flames team total over three and a half goals. She's going to give us some winners for tonight's game as well. It's the return of the AFC West report. Got a lot to talk about with Javante and the Broncos, plus some news on the Raiders. You've got Kaepernick trying out there, the Chiefs, the Chargers as well. Nikola Jokic, some good news for Nuggets fans. The Rockies in D.C., it's, it, it's tough watching the Rockies right now, let's be honest. Plus, Eastern Conference Finals Game 6, got a pick there and a little R.I.P. to Ray Liotta. Uh, just a wonderful actor for a long, 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 long time. But let's get into this thing here. Avs at the Blues, Game 6. Here are the lines on Bet Rivers. It's the Avalanche, plus 138 on the puck line, meaning they got to win by two or more goals. The line, the money line has moved down a little bit. It was minus 180 for the abs yesterday. It's minus 175 now. And then the total just stays static. Six and a half, minus 113 to the over and minus 106 to the under. If you'll remember yesterday, Mark Springer and I came up with a show bet. Mark, of course, the post-game host uh, between the pipes after every avalanche game. Uh, we got the over six and a half. 
Uh, other lines that are interesting. If you think that the Avs are just going to win in regular time, get a nice line. You're, you're not paying one, minus 175, um, but you got to win in regular time. Minus 107. So that's a really good number for Avs fans because minus 107, I don't even think we've seen that yet. Um, we are looking to cash our big bet, though. Avs in six. So we had an Avs in five at plus 275. Avs in six at plus 400. So the first one is gone. The second one, which actually is more desirable, we're getting four to one. Let's hope they wrap this thing up tonight, especially if you were tailing. But let's just hope they wrap this thing up tonight so we can start talking about the Western Conference Finals against the Edmonton Oilers. Anyways, there is a Bet Rivers special that I touched today. Just a little dabble, just a little sprinkle, but I feel like the Avs are going to win. I do feel that this game is going over, and guess what? Bet Rivers made us a little special. Um, the six and a half total goals and an Avs to win, that line is boosted from plus 185 to plus 200. So you're getting two to one, if the Avs win and it goes over. So I don't actually mind that special too much, and I dabbled in it a little bit. Avs are still the favorites to win the Cup at plus 140. They're going to play the Oilers in the Western Conference Finals if they can grab one more win here over these next two games. We got to see, this is what I'm looking for tonight. We got to see if the Avs come out tight after blowing the 3-0 lead in Game 5. And do they come out tight? If the Blues go up one nothing once again in this in a game, they've done that in four of the first five games. Finally, the Avalanche got on the board first, but what happened? They lost. So is the collapse going to carry over, or do they set the tone early again? And I'm not going to take much stock in them collapsing or bringing in any any harbor any ill feelings that they had after game number five, which were very ill. I mean, a lot of us got ill. We got sick after that one. I, I don't think so. I think even if they go down one nothing in the first, they still come back. They still win this game. And I stick with what I said before game five. They're more talented up and down this roster. They are the more talented team. The problem was Darcy Kemper. He allowed 2.66 more goals than expected in all situations in game five. He was horrific. And I would say he was the number one reason why they lost. Okay, that was not good. The loss wasn't completely on him in that last game, but it didn't help him. Uh, Colorado, here's some other stats that I want to get into. Colorado, number one in the playoffs, goals for average, leading in power play conversions at 33%. Looking at some power play, you could actually bet on whether or not there will be a power play goal by the Avs or more than one in the game. Uh, you can find that if you want to bet on it. I'm not messing with that tonight. St. Louis... Fourth and goals four at 3.45. Second in power play conversion in the playoffs at 32.4%. So you got two teams that are very good offensively, two teams that are cleaning up on the power play. We haven't seen a lot of penalties called, but I like, I like where we're trending here with the goals. Uh, Colorado, though, that first game, they attempted 100 shots. Now, not on goal, but they shot the puck 100 times, over 100 times. The Blues defensively have been better, even though Husso is, uh, Husso has not been great in net. Uh, the Avs have only averaged 60 shot attempts in the last four games. Uh, but they're scoring 4.44 goals per game in the playoffs. In five games against the Blues, they've scored four more goals in all four games. They scored three, or in four games, they scored three goals in the other. So four games with four plus goals, one game with three plus goals. 
Um, so looking at the Avs team total over three and a half as well. My play, and again, Joe Madden's going to come on. I think we're, we're sitting on the same type of play. Uh, the play here, six and a half over, over six and a half minus 113 on Bet Rivers. I will say this too, a little concern going forward. If they win this game like five, four, six, five, I, I will officially be concerned about Darcy Kemper. He just hasn't been sharp. He, he was okay early in the series, but we're waiting for that shutout. When's that shutout coming, Darcy? How about tonight? Uh, also, brought something up to Springer yesterday that I want to discuss with myself and you. Jared Bednar. Okay, he's got a two-year extension kicking in after this season. So I think he's safe no matter what happens. If they blow this three games to one lead after leading 3 nothing in a game, I still think he's back next season. But... If you look at this from a macro level, he took over a horrible team, but he's helped mold these young guys. It's his sixth season, and they have not gotten deep in the playoffs. They just have not been able to get out of the second round. thats I don't want to say that's got to happen this year because I think Bednar is back no matter what, but the amount of pressure on Jared Bednar next season, if this team doesn't get out of this round, I mean... There's going to be a lot. I don't know if there'll be another coach in the NHL under more pressure. There shouldn't be, actually. This is a huge game for this franchise. And it's time to give Bednar credit if they win, and he deserves more criticism if they don't. It's as simple as that. He's the head coach. And it's six straight years, not getting out of the second round. We'll be talking about his future if they can't get out of this round. I don't think we're going to be talking about that, though. Again, I think this game, Dunsky, this series, Dunsky tonight, the Avalanche win, I think it goes over. So, again, you could sprinkle a little bit on that uh, special at 2-1, to one, and then over 6.5 goals, minus 113, and there will be an Avs team total bet that will be on that we'll talk about a little bit later on. That was number one on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's bring back something we haven't done in a little while. You know, we've had a lot of NBA playoffs. We've had the NHL. We've had baseball. We've had you know, Broncos things. But what about the rest of the division? Well, let's look at the AFC West odds. We'll talk about the Broncos for a second. Then I got notes on the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. Something very interesting for Chiefs camp. Uh, odds to win via Bet Rivers. Kansas City, the favorite at plus 160. Odd to win the AFC West, plus 160. Chargers, plus 235. Denver, plus 275. Raiders, plus 650. Let's start with the Broncos. He is 20 to 1, plus 2,000 to lead the NFL in rushing in this upcoming season. All right, Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry are the overwhelming favorites to lead the league in rushing yards at plus 450. Before I even get into this, I, this is not a bet that I will ever make the rushing leader making that bet preseason given the injury attrition rate at the running back position it's just amazing like dalvin cook dalvin cook seems to miss multiple games every single year every single year jonathan taylor's coming off a season where he touched the ball or he ran the ball 332 times we saw what happened with Derrick Henry. He touched the ball 400 times a year before. Couldn't even get up last year. Couldn't even play. 
so there's just so much as far as injuries go. Mixon, Najee Harris. I, I, this is not a bet I will make preseason, but I know a lot of people do want to bet it. So here, let me give you my thoughts on this. Again, the only reason I don't bet these this prop is because there's just too many injuries at running back. Too many. So Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor are the favorites at plus 450. Does Williams lead the NFL in rushing yards this season? No, probably not. You know, if he plays the way we expect him to play, he's probably, God, I hate even saying this, he's going to need a Melvin Gordon injury to get to where he needs to be to even be in a top, the conversation for the top five rushing yards to me, okay? So let's just say that Williams is in the timeshare the whole season. He's the number one. Melvin Gordon's the number two. I will still project Javante for over 1,100 rushing yards, right around 1,100. I think that's a little higher than the rest of the industry. I talk to a lot of my guys uh, with projection systems or even, you know, these fantasy football players who have algorithms, right? They're sitting between 950 and about 1,050 yards. So I'm a little bit higher than the rest of the industry, a little bit higher. He won't get the workload that Taylor has, though, unless Taylor gets hurt, unless Henry gets hurt. Najee Harris touches the ball every freaking time for the Steelers. It's constant. All three of those guys are projected for over 300 carries. That gives them the leg up. Now, last year, 203 carries for Javante. Did they get him up to 230, 240, 250? Maybe. He averaged 4.4 yards per carry, 903 rushing yards. So again, I'm sitting here right around the 235, 240 carry mark. He had four touchdowns, had 43 passes on, 43 catches on 53 targets. That's an amazing number there. He is so dangerous out of the backfield. And that's what I'm really looking forward to here with the Broncos. Both these guys, Williams and Gordon, they can be weapons out of the backfield. And I think the best thing that I've read here so far is that they are lining up Javante as a wide receiver. They're lining up Melvin Gordon out wide. These are, this is just going to be a completely different system. We're going to see so many more innovative things than the garbage we saw under Shermer for these past couple of years. Now, I'm not going to back Javante in the prop market. Although in fantasy football, he has a path to being a top five running back if he stays healthy. And he continues to show that he's exceptional in both the run and the pass games. So, that is the Broncos here in the AFC West report. I will not bet Javante to lead the league in rushing. But again, I think there's some massive upside there. And I think everybody else knows that too, right? Let's get to the Raiders here in the AFC West report. Colin Kaepernick. Here's the report. Arm strength and conditioning standing out. He tried out with the Raiders. No signing imminent. So the Raiders said, Cap, the workout was a positive. And Las Vegas could be looking for another passer as the backup because you got Derek Carr. They traded for Jarrett Stidham, the backup with the Patriots. They've got Nick Mullins on the roster. At this point, nobody, unless you were at that tryout, at that workout, I should say. Do we really know what Kaepernick has left? It's been a long time. It's been a long, long time. What is he, 34 years old? He hasn't played in at least six years, I think. It's been a, if he makes if he makes the Raiders roster. Let me just say this: it would not only be the biggest signing in a star-studded AFC West, where Russell Wilson came to town, and Devontae Adams is here, 
it would be the biggest high-profile free agent signing maybe in the history of the league. Colin Kaepernick signing with the Raiders would be the biggest signing in the history of the league because there has been no player in the history of the league more polarizing than Colin Kaepernick off the field and on the field. And no matter what you think of him, there would not be a higher profile, star-studded signing than what Colin Kaepernick would do. And it wouldn't just be a sports story. It would be on every single news program all over the place. Everybody that's a fan or not a fan of the NFL knows who this guy Colin Kaepernick is. So we'll see if he's there. Uh, I'm sure that the Raiders don't want to have to rely on Kaepernick to actually play a game for them. They'd love to see Derek Carr do that, but at least he's in the mix. All right, let's go to the Chiefs for a sec here. Patrick Mahomes says to expect the ball to be passed around to a lot more receivers this season. Here's what he had to said. That's what you're going to see with the offense this year. It's going to be everybody. It's not all going to be one guy like Tyreek Hill. Obviously, Kelsey's going to get a lot of completions, a lot of the yards, but the whole receiving room is going to have big days, and that can be something we use to our advantage. Well, if I talk to you from a daily fantasy or a fantasy football uh, standpoint, it's a very, very muddied receiving core. Uh, you just had Nicole Hardman with a hamstring issue. We'll see what, what happens there. I mean, Mahomes went to Kelsey or Tyreek Hill 45% of his completions last year. So I think about 75% of the completions are going to open up here. Twenty, Let's say Kelsey gets 25%. 50% of his yards and touchdowns went to Hill and Kelsey in his four years as a starter. That's how overwhelmingly dependent Mahomes was on those two guys. He's got one left. So what do they got? They got Juju Smith-Schuster, who hasn't been able to stay healthy in Pittsburgh, but maybe a candidate for a bounce back here with a great quarterback. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a one-trick pony, runs a go route. He came over from Green Bay. They drafted Sky Moore in the second round. So they've got some very unproven commodities. I would say Juju had one great year in Pittsburgh. That was when he was the wingman to Antonio Brown. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, one of maybe two receivers that Aaron, jo that Aaron Rodgers trusted. Problem is, Scantling really doesn't do too much except run go routes. That offense can be fascinating to watch. And do they rely on the run game more? Because the Chiefs have not been able to run the ball very well these last couple of years. All right, last but not least in the AFC West report, the Chargers... Okay, let's talk about putting weight on. Justin Herbert put on 10 pounds this offseason. Big dude. He's going to be taking a pounding. Let's face it, Broncos defense, terrific pass rush. Terrific pass rush. And he's going to have to stand up to that. Um, they added a new weapon in tight end, Gerald Everett. I really thought that the uh, Broncos would go after him because Everett had a good rapport with Russell Wilson. Nonetheless, went out, drafted a tight end. Hoping Alberto gets uh, gets going this year. But the Chargers might have the best triplets in the division. Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. I was just thinking about this morning. Okay, so the Raiders can go Carr, Devontae Adams, and Josh Jacobs. Mahomes, Clyde Edwards, Elair, and Kelsey with Kansas City. Russell, Sutton, and Javante. So I would say this. The best wide receiver in the division now is on the Raiders. His name is Devontae Adams. I would put Kelsey right behind him. The best quarterback in the division, I will still go with Patrick Mahomes.
The question is, is it Austin Eckler? Is it Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards, Elair, or Javante Williams as the best running back in the division? And I think that it's Javante this year. And this is not just going off of last year. This is projecting what the number one running back on this team is going to do. You know, Eckler has had some issues staying healthy. Jacobs has not nearly been the explosive performer that the Raiders thought he would be spending a first round pick on him. That was dumb. And Clyde Edwards Elair is on the verge of being a bust. First round pick, sharing time in that backfield. Not great. One more thing on the Chargers. Boy, that defense looks nasty. They got edge rusher Khalil Mack. That's something Russell Wilson's going to have to deal with. They got Bryce Callahan from here. They got a couple other defensive backs. J.C. Jackson, Kyle Van Noy, linebacker, J.T. Woods in the draft. I like that young safety. So that's your AFC West report. Gave you the odds, gave you some stories on every single team. We'll be doing that one time a week going forward. Want to take a quick break. We'll come back with numbers three and four on the front range four. That'll be Nikola Jokic news and the Colorado Rockies. Joe Madden still to come as well. It's the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Okay, welcome back to the Front Range Four. Four biggest sports stories on the Front Range. We already got to the Avs tonight and the AFC West report. Let's get into Nikola Jokic. Because Sham Sharanya and Sam Amick of The Athletic report that after Nikola Jokic publicly stated his desire to sign an extension late last month, he has reiterated his long-term commitment to the franchise this week. He made clear his belief in the organization's future and in the wake of Tim Connolly's exit to Minnesota. And there are multiple sources telling Sharanya and Amick that when the Nuggets offer Jokic the five-year, $260 million Supermax, he's going to sign it. Now, I love this. The Jokic brothers are involved here. Yeah, the Jokic brothers actually met with Nuggets GM Calvin Booth, and they discussed the team's future. I mean, this is fascinating. Think about this for a minute. Jokic is probably going to come back. All signs pointing to that. His brother, instead of Nikola, his brothers are talking with the front office. And all the meanwhile, I wish Jokic was the one doing the talking. Because I want him to act like a superstar. I want him to demand the pieces that need to be put around him. I just don't think it's in his constitution. It would be, on one hand, with Jokic, you've got a guy who just seems like a wonderful human being, goes with the flow, terrific competitor, Terrific player. And on the other hand, you don't want to see a guy like a Kyrie Irving or a James Harden that brings a lot of drama around. But I wouldn't mind in this instance if Jokic went out of his way to say, hey, Calvin Booth, I need to be a part of the decision-making process. He's got leverage. Like, he doesn't have to sign this Supermax. I know he wants to. He's comfortable here. But it would be nice to at least see him be... And I don't want to say a diva, but 
maybe demand some things from the Nuggets before he, he signs this thing. And by the way, Calvin Booth, it was confirmed he'll run the show. Uh, more from the article in The Athletic. Yet while the Nuggets are expected to move for, forward with their core of Jokic, Murray, and Porter, sources say the Booth-led front office plans on being aggressive when it comes to improving the roster around them. Well, pff, no joke. Of course they need to be. They got a three-year window right now, okay? They're looking for versatile, defensive-minded players who are on display in the Boston-Miami Eastern Conference Finals, okay? They want a long and versatile defensive-minded player. Excuse me for speaking English there. Well, we've known this for a while. They need wing defenders. Off-season, big decisions. Do you bring back Jermichael Green? Do you bring back Jeff Green? Bryn Forbes, DeMarcus Cousins, who again, I'd love to see. Faku, Rivers, who played a role defensively. And they got the 21st pick in the draft. So it's about to get tough, okay? Um, there's about to be three max players on the roster because you have MPJ, you got Gordon, now you'll have Jokic. And that is going to hamstring this team going forward. Not Probably not this year or the next year, maybe three or four years down the road. So... Here's what I think. The Nuggets basically have three years to win a championship before a chunk of the core is getting paid too much to pay competent role players. So they'll continue to have to dig up these, these gems in the draft. The problem is they only got one draft pick. They got 21 this year, and then they got nothing for at least the next three years. So Booth is going to have to get really creative with this. But again, reaffirmation that Jokic wants to be here long-term, his brothers talking with the front office, and I assume they got the answers that they want. I do hope Jokic has a little bit of leverage here that he uses, though. I, I, I hope he just doesn't sign it and go, all right, whatever you guys do is good. I, I want Nikola Jokic to demand things, and that's what he needs to do. All right, number four on the front range four, four biggest stories in sports on the front range. Rockies lost in D.C. yesterday. They've got a game against the Nationals again tonight. On the money line, Rockies minus 104, Nationals minus 113. Total here is nine and a half. I mean, how do we ever bet overs for the Rockies with that offense? Let me get into some things here. And, and before we do that, and then I'll, I'll tell you if I got a play or not. The Rockies are 20 and 24. They've lost four of five. They can't win a damn game. The Nationals are 16 and 30. They're atrocious. These are two of the worst teams there are. They beat the Dodgers 1-0, and then yesterday they ended up getting another victory, and that was against the Rockies. Pitching matchup tonight, lefty Austin Gomber against Aaron Sanchez, who was once a top prospect with the Blue Jays and now uh, is just buried in this bad, bad Nationals rotation. Lines on Bet Rivers? Well, 70% of the handle is on the Rockies' money line. So I told you, Rockies minus 104, 70% of the money coming in is on the Rockies. Interesting. But they're so bad on the road. They've got a 632 on-base plus slugging on the road, OPS. There's still actually five teams with the worst OPS than them on the road. That's on-base, how often you get on-base, and slugging. Total bases divided by at-bats. It just tells you how productive you're being offensively. It's a very raw stat. Okay, very raw stat. And then you look at their ERA. This is the thing that blows my mind. 
The staff ERA is 4.68 at home. It's 5.23 on the road. They've actually been worse on the road pitching than they have been at home. No play here. Stay away from two bad teams. I'm just not doing it. I do want to mention this, though. Anybody else miss uh, Trevor's story? In the last seven games, the Rockies have hit four home runs. In the last seven games for Trevor's story, he's hit seven home runs. Again, they got nothing for this guy. And then they went out and spent the money they should have spent on Story, and they ended up spending it on Chris Bryant, who has yet to make an impact here and is on the IL once again. Okay, Joe Madden from the Joe Madden podcast. She joins us from Calgary. She's reeling after her flames got eliminated. We'll talk with her about the abs, and if the abs move on, how do they match up with the Oilers? That's next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. All right, welcome back to the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. As promised, Joe Madden, the Joe Madden Sports Podcast. You can catch me there on Thursdays. She comes back and she hangs out with me here on Fridays. Joe Madden. You know, yesterday we talked a little hockey. How are you feeling today after your flames took it on the chin? I'm hurt. I'm really hurt yeah. after that game last night, seeing us lose in overtime in a game that really did look like we were going to be able to pull off a win here and keep this series going. I don't know. Connor McDavid was just so strong scoring that overtime goal. Really heartbreaking. It was completely. Well, if the abs do actually get by, right? If they yeah. do get by, they beat St. Louis one of these next two games. Give me a little background here on the Oilers. Obviously, Connor McDavid is the big name there, but what have you seen out of the Oilers? And I'll also add this. I tailed your play yesterday, over three and a half goals for the Flames. It cashed. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Now, with this Edmonton Oilers team, our biggest struggle was with them offensively. They just dominate. Their, they send waves. Their lines just keep that puck floating on the net um, nonstop aggression on that net. Now, Edmonton's biggest weakness during the regular season was their goalie, Mike Smith, as well as their defense. They were allowing those shots on goal. They were giving up um, goal after goal defensively. But we're not seeing that. They have really made an adjustment. This team is playing hard. They're playing fast. It's going to be really interesting to see with the Colorado Avalanche if they move forward, Nathan McKinnon versus Connor McDavid, because that's going to be the biggest storyline about this. These two players are both just so phenomenal, um, so strong offensively. We're going to see, I think we're going to see a lot of goals. Yeah. And again, we got we to gotta hope over here that the Avs actually take care of their business, but um, when was the last time a Canadian team was in the Stanley Cup Finals? Because I always liked that. I mean, it's been a long, long time, hasn't it? Yeah, 2004, I believe. It's been forever. Yeah. And listen, I'm, I'm always kind of rooting for Canadian teams. I won't here out west. Um, but I'm always rooting for Canadian teams just because the passion is there so much. Like, I, I don't know if there's American hockey city with the passion that you're going to see in just about every Canadian 
hockey city. I mean, is there one Canadian hockey city where you just go, oh, the fans stink and they're not into it? No, not, you can't say that, no. can you? Not at all. But I'm really questioning life this morning, Holden. Um, before oh, I started no. my first show this morning, my mother texted me a picture, and this is at eight o'clock in the morning, my time. She has an Edmonton Oilers jersey on in this picture. Die-hard wow. Calgary Flames fan. Where did she get this jersey from? This was my first question. She's ignored me. She hasn't answered me. She couldn't have got to the store because I understand lots of Canadians now will be cheering for the Edmonton Oilers because it's a Canadian team. But there was no time to get to the store last night or this morning. Has she always had this in the closet? Oh, that's just awful. That is awful. Too soon. Way too soon. Yeah, that's like someone finding a Blues jersey, I guess. Yeah. Here, if if you know the abs and... The Blues, and that's what we got. Let's talk about this game tonight, though. I mean, this was a it was a crushing blow in Game Five for the Avs. You're up three nothing. You blow it. You got a goal lead with under a minute. You blow it. You lose it in overtime. How do you think they bounce back tonight, Joe? They have to bounce back. When we look at these two teams, the road team is 4-0 in the last four meetings. The Avs playing so strong, too, um, in St. Louis, winning the last five meetings in St. Louis. It'll be an interesting game to see how they bounce back. I do expect St. Louis to get up in that first period, but I think Colorado probably closes this one out tonight. I look at storyline, though. Does Colorado want to win here, or do they want to win at home? (laughs) They want to win. <laughs> exactly. Want to win. So let's take them for the win tonight. Yeah, you're taking them on the win. I kind of like the over six and a half. We're seeing that. But here's a little concern for me. The Avs, <clears throat> excuse me, in game one had over 100 shots. Not shots on goal, but they attempted 100 shots. The Blues defense has actually gotten a little bit better. And now the Avs are only averaging about 60 shot attempts in the last four games. And I'm a little bit concerned because they've relied on a pair of hat tricks from Kadri and then McKinnon. So it does concern me a little bit with what we're seeing with the Avalanche right now. Should that be a concern? No, I don't think it should. I really do think that they play their game. They play a strong game tonight and they're able to get past Huso. I think we saw Huso play a stronger game in the last one. Um, and I think we can expect more out of Kemper. I think he's let in some light goals to be honest Uh with you and I think he doesn't want this season to go to another game I think we're going to see a stronger game out of everyone on the Colorado Avalanche tonight yeah uh, they're going to have to and Kemper's really been a little disappointed to be honest with you he's averaging 2.6 more goals than expected in all of his situations in this series and I think the defense has not really been up to par to be perfectly honest with you we, I might not even be talking about this stuff, Joe, if they end up scoring an overtime goal. But when you're losing, you start picking things up. So the other thing would be, I want to get the outside view of uh, Jared Bednar from you. Because here in town, he's lauded his six years, took over a team that was awful. They're obviously now in a position to make a run. But six years, they haven't gotten out of the second round. His two-year extension starts next year. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Jared Bednar? You know, it's it's a hard call here because I understand what people think. I do think he is a strong coach, and I do think he is who you need to stick with. But in these playoff series, we're not getting the results out of him. Um, let's see what happens here. Let's see if he can get them into the next area because I think he can, and I think he can probably get them all the way to the cup. So if he gets them all the way to the cup, I think you guys stick with him. And if he doesn't, I don't know. Maybe it is time for a move, Holden. 
Yeah, I think if they don't get out of this round, he's still going to stay. But uh, there really could be no wiggle room next year. That would be it. Like, they would have to make the major run. Because you give a guy a two-year extension, it kicks in this year, it's going to be tough. But I, I, I think there's a lot of pressure. There's probably more pressure on him, I would say, than anybody else in this series. Absolutely. And as we go on, you gave me the breakdown of the Oilers. So that's a team they could be playing. Um, talk to me about the Lightning, though. Because it's been Avs, they're the best team. Avs are the best team. Well, here we are with the Lightning again. They'll face the Rangers or the or the Canes, but like, doesn't Tampa Bay have to at least we got to look at them as the favorite now, just because of what they've done and they've advanced. Yeah, I Tampa Bay is a whole different animal. Veselovsky in goal is so phenomenal. I don't know if anyone can stop the Tampa Bay Lightning after seeing how they've done um, so far in the playoffs here. They have been completely dominating on the ice. We saw them just dominate over the Florida Panthers. And a Panthers team that came into the playoffs so strong offensively. And Tampa made a joke out of them. Um, so I don't know. It's really going to be hard. I don't want to see Tampa win it again. But <clears throat> they could take it all again. Yeah, they're plus 250 to win it. And the Avs are plus 140. Oilers plus 500. Canes 550. Rangers 2200. Blues... I mean, Blues are 30 to 1 if you think they're going to come back and, and just devastate the Avalanche at this point. But um, any thoughts on Rangers, Carolina? Game number six with the scene going out to Carolina again? Because the Rangers just looked like garbage in that last game. Yeah, they absolutely did. But looking at the Rangers here at home, I think this series goes all the way to seven. I really Ooh. do think they're able to get a home win in the next one. And then Carolina finishes it at seven. We saw this total. I actually rolled the over five and a half in that last game. And I think I'm going to do it again. It was a three to one win for the New York Rangers or sorry for the Carolina Hurricanes. But I think we'll see more out of the New York Rangers getting those goals. One of these games have to go over. I thought it would have been the last. I think now it's going to be this game number six here. Do you dabble in the futures market for the Conn Smythe trophy? If you don't, it's not a big deal. No, I, I actually don't. No. Okay. Yeah. And I was just looking at some of the odds just to discuss with you out loud, even if you don't have a bet down, but like when, I, when I'm targeting that market, I want to think about who the best player on the team that I think is going to win the cup. And if you look at the Avalanche, they've got Kadri at like a 20 to 1 price. Uh, McCarr is like 4.5 to 1. McKinnon's up there. Um, if, I am, if, if, if I'm betting a Conn Smythe Trophy winner right now, it's Connor McDavid and maybe Vasilevsky. Who who would you throw into the mix with these Avs guys right now? Yeah, Connor McDavid for sure. Vasilevsky. I love your one with uh, Kale McCarr there. Um, mm -hmm. And then let's think who He's else. He's got to get going, by the way. Oh, um, it's We're seeing that fire. We are seeing it, right? I do think um, he comes out, has a phenomenal game tonight. He's actually one that I'm looking at prop betting. I haven't looked at his props yet, but I do mm -hmm. think that we look at his shots on goal tonight um, for sure. So he's made us some money during the playoffs. Shots on goal. I mean, we talked about this last week where McDavid is at three and a, at four and a half shots on goal. Like there's nobody else that's going to be four and a half and minus 130 to the over. So there was a couple of games in this series where he did nothing. 
as far as shooting the puck on goal. And then obviously last game with the three goals, we got McCarr over two and a half shots at minus 177. Problem there is the juice. But yeah. you would think three shots out of him would be pretty good. Oh, tonight. absolutely. So then maybe we should look at his assists or points tonight with them having that so much juice. Yeah, I bet you his points is up there too. Let's go see his points because yeah. usually it's like, do they score? Well, they got power play points. If he gets a point on the power play, it's 135 plus 135, but just one point is minus 245. So you'd really have to look at what? Two points is plus 205. If you think McCarr is getting two points, he's plus 205. Yeah, and then I'd probably rather go with his assists. I'm getting over 0.5 assists at minus 136 tonight. Mm. That's actually not a bad number. Yeah, and that's, that's hit in my, three of the last five. My threshold for the juice. So that's not a bad one then. Okay. So the Makar assist is something you'll look at. Yeah. Um, you going to check out a little NBA tonight if you got time? If you don't, do you have any bets down yeah, on so, the uh, game six? Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting game. And I know we've seen a lot of blowouts, but as a better, I cannot not take the Miami Heat plus the points here, thinking that they're going to be able to stay somewhat competitive. I know we've seen the Celtics just come out so strong defensively, especially dominating um, the Miami Heat, especially in that last game. But I don't see it happening in this game tonight. I really do think the Miami Heat keep it tight. Can they win it? Absolutely. Do they? Doubtful. I think the Celtics probably win it here, but I think the Miami Heat go out at least with their heads high. You have um, a lot of shows going on out there right now. Well, you plug everything that you're doing. And again, Thursdays, I'm hanging out with Joe on the Joe Madden podcast. What's happening with you? Yeah, lots going on. I have the Joe Madden Sports Podcast. I run it in the morning and the afternoon. I have Pocket with Joe for as long as the NHL season continues here. And then moving into that time slot will be Bases with Joe. So I have just a baseball-dominated do show. Oh, baseball with, yeah. with Joe is coming up. Absolutely will be. Oh, I, I kind of like that. Baseball with Joe. So we'll we'll start talking about baseball and the one Canadian baseball team, <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays, who finally had their bats um, hot yesterday, getting those six runs over the Angels. It was good to see. Does all of Canada just adopt them? Or yeah. are there a lot of Mariners fans out where you are? No, actually, there's fans um, from everywhere. Right. There's a lot of people that just love an American team for one reason or another. But we see as we get, you know, closer to the end of seasons where Canadians do adopt the home team, the Canadian team. Uh, Same with basketball. Right. It's like there's so many Raptors fans. There's um, more fans here that are fans of American teams than, you know, the Blue Jays. Right. But wow. you get at the end of the season where they're rallying behind the Blue Jays. Okay. Joe Madden. I mean, we get everything. We get uh, what's going on in Canada with the fandom. We get the Avs breakdown. One more time, your play for tonight. What's your best bet for the Avs game? Is it Bacar? Is it a side? What was it? You know what? Best bet for this game. I think the Avs win it, but I have to take the St. Louis Blues in the first period. Reverse puck line at minus Ooh. 0.5 at plus 215. I really do think they come out strong in this first period, but... I also, second best bet, the Avs team total over three and a half at minus 108 tonight because I do think they come out and get this win. And we're just paying a lot of juice on the money line for them. All right. So I'm betting the Avs team total with you. Okay. Very good. And it's interesting. You think the first period there because 
the first period has been dominated by St. Louis, except for that last game when the Avs finally scored first, and then yeah. it all went to hell. And then we look at St. Louis off an overtime game. Off an overtime game, they've won that first period in their last four in this situation. Ooh. All right, I got some bets to lay down here, lady. I'm taking the over in the game, but now we got the Avs team total over, and we got the first period for St. Louis. Joe Madden, the Joe Madden podcast. Check it out. What's next on the Denver City cast presented by Bet Rivers? I'm going to break down the Eastern Conference Finals Game 6, Miami and Boston, plus a couple thoughts on the now-departed Ray Liotta next. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, thanks again to Joe Madden for hopping on. Really appreciate that. Avs team total over three and a half is her best bet tonight. I got the over six and a half in the game as well. Sprinkled a little bit on that Bet River special with an Avs win and the game total over six and a half. Okay, let's get into the Eastern Conference Finals. Game six, Miami and Boston. The Celtics are up three games to two in this series. So what am I looking for tonight? Uh, interesting. An interesting note I want to give you before I tell you what I'm looking for. NBA playoff bets, backed by over 83% of the public money at Bet Rivers, they're 20 and 0. 83% of the public money, right? Today's splits for the Heat and Celtics. The public are backing Boston 92% on the money line. That's minus 420 for the Celtics. They're also 87%. On the Celtics spread, minus eight and a half. Woo! I don't want to say that alone got me on the Celtics, but that's my play tonight. Celtics, minus eight and a half. Now, yesterday, it was an interesting one. We still made money on that Warriors win, but I had the Warriors minus seven, minus 10, and minus 17 and a half. So we did a unit on the minus seven, half a unit on the 10, and a quarter on minus 17 and a half. Minus seven, it was a 10-point final. We had a late three... That was just, I don't want to call it soul-crushing, but it really stunk. A late, meaningless three pushed the final to 10, so we pushed on the 10 and lost the quarter unit at 17 and a half. So really came out like 0.2 units ahead. Could have been a lot better, but um, didn't lose money, and that ah, that three-point late just really bothers me. Anyways, eight and a half is the spread here. So back in the Celtics, the total is 201 and a half. I mean, the totals for these games just keep dropping. Like... <laughs> What is it going to be tonight? 90 to 60? Uh, lean toward the under, but I have a hard time doing that at 201 and a half. I just can't do it. Now, in five games, the Celtics have held the heat to just under 102 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time minutes. That's, that's awful offensively and great defense by the Celtics. Uh, the offensive rating in half-court settings, 84.2. Ugh. Boston has a plus 26.2 net rating when Al Horford and Robert Williams are on the floor together. I would check because Williams has been really banged up. If he doesn't play, it is, it's at least more 
possible that the Heat could cover their side. I still don't think it happens. And the Heat just have no answer for Horford and Time Lord together. It just, they, you haven't seen it. Robert Williams is Time Lord, by the way. Uh, through the first five games, the average margin of victory has been 15 points. You got Jimmy's, Jimmy Butler's knee is bothering him. He's 10 for his last 40 from the field. Tyler Hero might not play. The corpse of Kyle Lowry is still getting big minutes when he's healthy. Butler, Lowry, and Struess have gone 8 for 60 over the last two games. 8 for 60 over the last two games. You got Miami injuries. You got the fact that Boston's defense has stifled Miami. Boston's the better team. Double-digit victory tonight. I'm not going to do any alt lines, but I will take the Celtics. Minus 8.5, minus 110 on Bet Rivers. One quick college football note. Jay Norville, Colorado State, their new head coach, right? Comes over from Nevada. Nationally televised game for his debut. They are taking on Michigan in Ann Arbor, September 3rd on ABC. Woohoo! That's going to be a 10 o'clock kickoff our time. So you wake up Saturday, September 3rd, you turn on ABC. It's 10 in the morning. It's the Jay Norville era beginning with the Rams at the Wolverines. Last but not least, not a sports note, just a pop culture note here. R.I.P. Ray Liotta, uh, who died in his sleep. I think it was 67 years old. Uh, this guy back in the late 80s, early 90s, red hot. I mean, he was Shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams, the Kevin Costner classic. Uh, he played one of my favorite characters ever in the history of any movie, Henry Hill, in 1990s Goodfellas. Really, when it comes down to it, when you're talking about gangster movies, it's that and The Godfather. Those are the two best of all time. I throw The Departed in there a little bit, but Ray Liotta playing Henry Hill. You got that scene where the camera just follows him and uh, whoever his girlfriend at the time the movie was. He ended up marrying her. They go in through the back of the restaurant. They walk through the kitchen. They walk through this, and the camera's right behind them, and they pull out a seat. And they sit down. I mean, that's just one of the great scenes in the history of cinema. I am a cinema buff, by the way. Um he was a crooked cop. I really hated him in the role that he had in uh, The Place Behind Beyond the Pines, which is about a 10-year-old movie that had Ryan Gosling. Highly recommend that one, too. Uh, the Place Beyond the Pines. Crooked cop there. And then in Narc, there's another movie. If you've never seen Narc, he was Lieutenant Henry Oak. Played Henry's a lot. Um, Narc is a great movie from, I think, the early 90s, too. Um, it was about a... a undercover cop who ends up getting addicted to drugs fascinating movie and then he i didn't ever see hannah montana but apparently he was the principal in hannah montana r.i.p ray Liotta. okay r.i.p to this show we are done i will be back on monday let's go abs let's get this win tonight in game six let's hope that the boston celtics cover the eight and a half tonight thanks to joe madden for hopping on and my buddy my producer steven young thank you so much for making this thing happen. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. Thanks for checking out the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers.